Welcome to Brain Power with Dr. Laurel Mellon. Our program will show you how EBT or emotional brain training unlocks the power of your brain to connect to your inherent strength, goodness, and wisdom, and enhance your health, happiness, and purpose. Now, here's your host, Dr. Laurel Mellon. Hello and welcome to Brain Power, Real People, Real Solutions on Voice America Radio. I'm Dr. Laurel Mellon, your host, and thank you so much for listening. You know, we're really, really excited because EBT is a way of connecting to the deepest part of yourself. And when we clear away the stress, all those emotions that get stuck, what happens is we set our sights on moving forward. And when we do that, what happens is we can clarify how we're going to go forward and why. And we have a very special guest today who is uh, the scientific director of emotional brain training. His name is Dr. Igor Mitrovich, and his work has really changed emotional brain training. He is a professor of physiology. He is oversees the content and the curriculum in pharmacy, on physiology, and in other, other schools at the University of California, San Francisco. I think the day I met him, he called me on the phone and said that he had found out about EBT. He'll tell you all about that. And that one phone call and his expertise in neuroscience and in physiology changed my life, changed EBTs. And if you use this method, it will change yours. Let me just be really clear. We are here on this program for you. Our desire is to support your success in connecting to the deepest part of yourself processing whatever emotions come in, whatever stress comes up from your body, from your thoughts, from outside, and work through it in a way that's universal. These tools are absolutely universal, so no matter what comes your way, you use the same process all people do to help the brain move through that stress to a state of connection, well-being, and purpose. And that's why we're talking today about why purpose matters. How does it affect us? How do I find it? And how do I live it? And it's a great pleasure for me to introduce Dr. Igor Mitrovich, again, the scientific director of EBT. One of the things I really welcome you to do is he was elected by the, the medical students at UCSF to give last lecture, which is a huge, huge uh, opportunity to share with those students just because he's so inspiring and deeply wise. And he spoke about EBT and purpose, and that's on YouTube. But you're here today on Voice America being able to chat with Dr. Mitrovich right now. Welcome, Dr. Mitrovich. Welcome, Igor. Hello, Laurel. How are you? I'm so, I'm wonderful. I just had a little mix up with my technology. So this was a stress test for EBT, which, as you know, we keep our sense of humor and move forward. But we'll be chatting a little bit. And then later on, people can actually call in because it's real people, real solutions and be able to talk with you. But I just like to say thank you so much for what you've given to me and to all of the providers of EBT and all the community here. And I'd love it if you could tell stories. I know uh, Igor is a great storyteller, and in his office on campus, students come in and they don't leave. They just want to talk more and more and more, and he has a whiteboard, and he has lots of stories to tell, but I'd love you to talk a little bit about how you came to EBT. Let me thank you, actually, as well. As, as, as you know, connection, human connection is two-way street. It doesn't work only one way, so 
if you say that I have been very important in your life, you are equally as important in my life. And to tell you how I actually started this was, it's been 19, a little over 19 years ago, maybe close to, well, over 20 years ago, after my son was born, I was, uh, I, I loved him dearly and I still love him dearly. He's a wonderful human being, but uh, he and I spent a lot of time when he was a very, very little baby. And then when he started, was able, started walking and I started noticing that he's avoiding me and I was wondering what was going on. And my, uh, and I asked my wife, why is he, whenever you're around, he just wants to be with you and kind of is avoiding me. And she said, well, I thought you knew. I said, well, uh, if I knew, I wouldn't ask you what is going on. And my dear wife, who is a, a, a light of my life, actually said one thing that, I remember forever, and that actually one thing that she did is, is also changed my life. She said, well, if you don't realize, I'll tell you, uh, you, are, you are constantly edgy. You're always anxious. So when you get home from work, you're anxious, even though, but I said, yeah, no, no, you don't yell. I wouldn't raise my hand. And yet, no, no. The thing is, actually, it's your body language, it's your demeanor, there is edginess to you. And she said, I thought I was going to give you this book for your birthday, but apparently uh, you're ready right now because you're asking what is happening. And she gave me uh, Laurel's, one of the earlier Laurel's books, Solution. And she said, well, uh, my wife is also a professor at UCSF. She said, well, this person is at UCSF in the Department of Community and Family and Community Medicine, and she has written this book, and I think you will benefit from reading it. And I read it, and at the end, there were some examples of cycles, and I've tried to do it first. There was a certain connection. I started realizing, okay, there, 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 there is no explicit neuroscience here, but I can see how it fits what you had written in the book, how it fits with neuroscience, actually. And I've done neuroscience research for several years before that, a number of years before that. And things were falling into place. And I tried to do a cycle myself uh, without any guidance. And it was like, whoa, I did it. And I felt, <laughs> I felt great after I did it. And it was, well, this, this makes sense. And that's how I joined the EBT community, got in touch with Laurel, did one, one uh, set working with, with one of the other providers and then talk to you, Laurel, about science and been some time ago. And my well, life is different because of it. Well, I, you know, I had such happy memories. And one of the things that comes up for me is that we were working with this for so long and trying to understand why does this work? You know, we understand it fits with the neuroscience, but this sense of being able to pop out of a stuck emotion into this open, expansive feeling where you're aware of greater purpose. And, you know, one of the huge breakthroughs in EBT that allowed it to be where it is now, a new paradigm, is, again, I'm just saying to our listeners that the, the science of homeostasis, which is staying in balance, is one thing. And then it was learned that when you exceed that, you go into some other state, pull out all the stops type of the state, which Igor can explain better. But the idea is no one knew what to do about it. And here you have a man with such power, full professor, neuroscientist, 
physiologist who lives the method and he uses it in his own life. And he says, wait a minute, there's just two kinds of circuits, you know, the stress reactive and the stress resilient. And all of a sudden it brought us down so that everyone can target their own circuits. It's not this morass of physiology and chemicals and electricity, but something you can imagine, something you can target and something you could change. I wonder if you would share, I don't think you've shared this for many, many years. I wonder if you could share that day when you realized that there were two, two kinds of circuits in the brain and when you started drawing it on your board. I mean, I would love it if you would recount that. Well, the thing is actually one of the, one of the things that, that uh, bothers to some extent every neuroscientist, and it's actually, I think we have moved on of, of this uh, idea of, of, of neurochemicals being the thing, is that, that uh, we, we, we know that the brain is not the soup in which actually different uh, neurotransmitters are cooking. So you add a little bit of this little, or a little bit of that, um, and then that's how you change things. Well. The thing is, unfortunately, at this point, other than uh, things such as EBT, we, can't, we, we don't have anything that is very precise that can actually address particular circuit because if you give someone medication, you're actually hitting every place where there's a receptor for that medication. Now, this is why we have so many different side effects. This is why we have so many different uh, SSRIs that are working, some work in some people, other work in other people. And the reason is because they're actually slightly different molecules and we all have slightly different circuits. So uh, part of the problem was, in, in general, this sort of, as I said, brain is a soup in which you just had different spices of these neurochemicals. Neuroscientists always appreciate that the, that the brain is actually operating on circuits. So one of the major things that, that, <laughs> that has been bugging all of us in neuroscience, although, it's, as I said, it's easy to understand why we do that, because the only way we actually have to deal with some of these things by giving these medications. And a lot of uh, theories of, of how certain uh, psychological conditions and, and psychiatric conditions arise were essentially based on the either access or, 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 or absence of par particular neurotransmitter. But the fact is that actually brain works through circuits. And there are circuits that are there that essentially promote homeostasis, promote actually well-being, that are adaptive, that, that are promoting survival and life. But then there are also circuits that are maladaptive. Now, most of our maladaptive circuits are really not... So there's one also one, one problem. Maladaptive is not always maladaptive. Stress circuits are absolutely critical for survival. If you're exposed to some kind of stress, you want to reach for that stress circuit because it's going to give you extra uh, strength even, but, you know, it's going to narrow your thinking, focus you directly over the source of stress. Now, it will eliminate your, your critical thinking, but it will actually be very useful in, in defending from one particular, particular uh, stressor or, or something that is threatening your life. So it was clear that we have those circuits and that they are very useful when we have acute stress. The problem is that most of the stressors in today's life are really not acute stressors, unless, unfortunately, not to go to, to, to the story of the week, you know, when if you're a particular minority and 
you may actually experience the kind of stress that is just seeing, seeing uh, officers of law. But to go back to what I was saying and what, what Laurel was asking, it, it, it became clear that we do have certain types of circuits that, that, that are engaged when, when we are in homeostatic equilibrium, when everything is fine and everything is well, and then we can engage our brain to go beyond self, to see self as, 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 as a part of something greater than ourselves, which, which, which goes back to the purpose. But when we were sitting there in my office, when I was, was talking to you, Laurel, I just, it was sort of a small step, a natural culmination of this thinking. Well, what we are talking about, we are talking about circuits. And, you know, in some people, these circuits that are maladaptive get triggered very easily depending on their prior experiences. Right. So that, At that, that moment, I'm going to tell you the story that I remember and see if this lines up. Igor was sitting there, and you know how breakthrough moments come when you're really stressed, when you go down to four or five, and then all of a sudden, the brain all puts everything together, and you have this aha moment, and you move up to one. And all of a sudden, he says, oh, my gosh, the method is changing the stress response. And then he gets up from his desk, and of course, he has all sorts of candy on the front of his desk. He's got nuts and candy and chocolate because all the medical students come in to chat with him. Stands up at his whiteboard, and he starts scribbling these out-of-balance circuits and how they go careening out of control. And then he makes this really nice little triangle of the of the the stress-resilient circuit. He says, well, you can be a stress-resilient circuit, a homeostatic circuit, or a stress reactive, and they're completely different. And when you said that, it brought it down so that we can all take advantage of all this science and that we can use those circuits. And you might want to actually reflect on purpose because that's what you came here to talk about. And which of those circuits, those stress reactive uh, circuits that take us careening out of control, like we've all been this week some of the time, or the stress resilient circuits that take us up to purpose. You might want to talk about how the circuits lead us to one or another, or how do you actually find your purpose and live it? How do you do that? So that's actually a very, very appropriate question, particularly during this week when we all look at what is happening, what is happening with our nation, what's happening among those of us who, who actually are treated as less than. And, and the thing is, it is incredibly hard to see the purpose if one is in the, in the midst of, 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 a, of allostatic or maladaptive stress response. If, if we are exposed to stress and if we are constantly exposed to stress, a lot of things are going to be happening. From the uh, simple things such as essentially inability to process information properly, all the way to changes, changes in our body, really changes in our body. When stress increases inflammatory response in the body, it increases actually all the changes that lead to atherosclerosis, high blood pressure. So chronic stress is a huge risk for a number of different things. And if you go back and realize that, you know, if that stress is originating from the, from the brain, from those circuits, that, and these circuits have to have been started somewhere through some exposure. People who are in soldiers in the war have these circuits that are essentially, when they come back in, 
in, in the normal environment, what we would say here in everyday life, those circuits that kept them alive there become PTSD circuits. So uh, the, the thing is that wear and tear that happens is, is, is terrible, but we can't move on and start actually thinking about deeper purpose if we are constantly bombarded or triggered by these, these circuits that we were just talking about. So the key thing first was to figure out is there a way to, to, to transform these maladaptive circuits to actually tone them down, to keep them and essentially heal them? Uh, and, the, and the answer was we either can or can't do. And then the research came about to, to show that, that even in adult brain, which we didn't appreciate before, uh, circuits are plastic. You can change them. The, the key just is to, to provide the right kind of stimulus to, do, to expose them, to open them up, to activate them. And only the active circuits are the ones that can be changed. And this is where the cycle tool comes in, where essentially, if you go there, open up those emotions, relive this thing, and then change the, ex- first identify the ex- expectation that is unreasonable and driving things in a certain direction, and actually first assess, is it unreasonable? It depends actually on circumstances. And then change that. And we know that circuits can be changed. It's not an easy thing. It takes time. You have to keep repeating things because if we are going to change some uh, holostatic maladaptive circuit that is keeping us down for, for years, it's, been, it's taken years of our certain type of response that is pushing us in that direction. And we need to actually probably spend a comparable amount of time to actually go back. But once we actually get ourselves in the state of one, when we feel homeostasis, where, where we don't feel threatened, when, when we can actually start expanding beyond the limits of our own skin, when we can start seeing the world and start seeing connections between people, connecting with other people intimately, being open to their experiences, and seeing that we all are part of something greater, that is, than ourselves, that is when the purpose comes in. In that state, one can actually start searching and seeking and identifying the purpose. So that is actually what, what, what I wanted to talk to you about. Great. Talk about that more. I'd love to hear it. So um, if, if, if we think actually what, what is what are the human beings for? And yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, or last week, I think, uh, there was a graduation in medical school at, at UCSF, and a student speaker at the graduation, I, I wasn't, I didn't know this was going to happen, spoke how when he was an undergrad at Berkeley, came to UCSF. Uh, and he was uh, he was a he's a he's a wonderful wonderful. Uh, young physician now, uh, who was in pro- going through some difficult, difficult situation. And as an undergrad, he came to UCSF to hear about. So, so he, came, he came and said, uh, you know, that uh, the reason why he came to UCSF, and, it, and he could have gone to any medical school in, in the U.S., he was literally accepted to all medical schools he applied to, was because, well, during that visit, he heard me, I was talking to these students, and he heard me say that life is about loving and being loved. 
and that stuck with him and stuck with him throughout his education and now. And that is one thing that reminded me that, that we as humans cannot survive without other human beings. And it is absolutely crucial and critical to realize that we are a part of something greater and bigger than ourselves. And the purpose is really about contributing to that greater than self thing. We have evolved this way because we can survive. Human babies just simply can't survive without mother, their mother. They, are ne- they, or, or, they, they need, to t- need that connection until they are old enough to can, uh, take care of themselves. So essentially, our species depends on love, depends on each other. And this is why we evolved this, this need to be part of something greater than ourselves. So, so Igor, let me question, just mention this to yes. you. If you could say yeah. that this was then biological, I think that's extremely important for everyone because I know that there's so much that is uh, airy-fairy, not, great, not rooted in science, and people really want to hear that. So I don't want you to rush through this phase. So I wonder if we could just take a quick break and then come back to where we could re- you could really go a little bit deeper into explaining why we need to have okay. purpose, how we can find it. How would that be for you? That would be perfect, yes. Great, great. And I just want to say to you, as you're listening to this, this is a scientific director of emotional brain training. He's a professor of physiologist, a neuroscientist, and someone who not only has the science inside of him, but can integrate it into meaning so that we all can make our lives better with that science applied to not only health, but to to purpose and higher spirit. So please stay with us. Uh, Again, our star today is, uh, our guest today is Dr. Igo Mitrovich. Uh, We are gonna take a brief break. And again, what we're doing here is resetting how we think about life. We're thinking about being present in the moment and being able to process our emotions so that we can clear away stress come back to the circuits in our brain that take us up and over to our power. Please call with feedback or email me at laurel at ebt.org. Again, stay in touch because your opinion matters. We're making this program stronger and stronger. And again, you're the reason that we're doing brain power. So please, again, take a few moments and then come back to us and we'll hear more about the real biology of purpose. Thanks so much for listening. Your emotional brain is amazing. Join the brain-based health movement by becoming a Brain Power member. Check out our fabulous memberships, concierge coaching, telephone groups, online learning, and our fabulous 30-day intensives. Go to ebt.org and use the coupon code BRAINPOWER for a 20% discount. Join today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Brain Power with Dr. Laurel Mellon. To reach the program today, you may call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to laurel at ebt.org. Now, back to Brain Power. Here again is Dr. Laurel Mellon. 
Hello and welcome back. This is Dr. Laurel Mellon and you're listening to Brain Power, Real People, Real Solutions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And I want you to know that we're all feeling it. We're all feeling the stress and the horrible images and the destruction of this week. And uh, in EBT, we look at stress somewhat differently. No one wants to have stress. But I'm welcoming back Dr. Igor Mitrovich, who is our scientific director, and we're talking about purpose. And one of the most important things to me about stress is it is a moment of opportunity. If we have the tools to process those really gnarly feelings, those overwhelming feelings, and get down to the very bottom of our brain where those basic expectations are encoded and stored, those circuits actually become fluid and open to change. And if we can keep our thinking brain aware of our emotions, we can change some of those basic expectations. So even though this is a horrific time and it's normal to feel overwhelmed and panicked and upset and horrified and don't know what's going on, also, if you have these tools, these emotional tools to stay really connected to yourself, it's a time of potential for amazing transformation to be of purpose. And Igor, I wonder if you could comment about that. Uh, yes, definitely, Laurel. I, I mean, if you're anything like me, you have also been stunned and devastated by what we have seen with our eyes and on TV. Uh, one human being being killed by another human being through the period of number eight, nine minutes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's painful. It's hard. It is, it is devastating. I, I, my students have actually been devastated, uh, colleagues. Um, and, and when you think about this, one can, one can do several different things. One can actually shut down and say, none of my business. I don't want to see it. I don't want to attend to it. It's too painful. I'm going to turn, turn my eyes the other way. Or you can get enraged, which is also a reasonable response <laughs> under the, the circumstances. Or one can do, do the third thing and actually go down and inside and explore those emotions that have been triggered by what we have seen and see who we are. And this is actually where, what, Laurel, you were talking about. When th these situations can be devastating, but they can also be situations of opportunity. Just like on a single person, individual person, we can go inside and ask ourselves, why am I here? Once we actually get to, to, to cycle and get, you know, from that, from that muck on the bottom and, and explore those expectations. Why are we devastated? We're devastated because we didn't expect to see that. We don't expect the humans behave like that to another human being, particularly those who are charged with, with protecting us. So that devastation actually is encoded somehow, encoding some, some expectation that we need to explore and, and perhaps change in the, the circuit that, that is there. And once we have done a little bit of that and get ourselves above, then we can ask ourselves, so what's my role in this? Why am I on this planet? And that's actually where the purpose lies. Because bad things happen. Terrible things happen to all of us for one reason or another. 
The question is, what is keeping us wanting to live and having us enjoy life? And the purpose is that thing that Spinoza talked about, his hammer. And one of the things he, he said is essentially that hammer is a great tool for hammer, hammering nails. But digging a hole with a hammer is a, is, a, is a very hard thing. It's not a joyful experience. There's no ease. But with the shovel, you can actually get that hole dug very well, easily. So think about purpose of that hammer. If it's used to fulfill its purpose, hammering nails, it has an ease in existence. This is true for us humans. If we are aware, identify our purpose, then live our purpose, there's certain ease that comes with living our purpose. And that ease is the source of joy, so source of moving through life on the wings of our purpose, if you will. So the thing is, if I am a hammer and someone asks me to dig, to dig a hole, I may be able to do it, but it will be a struggle. So that's the thing. What is our pur- purpose? What is my purpose in this context, in the context of these horrible scenes that we've seen and experienced? And if you have a purpose, if, you, if you're aware how you fit in this thing that is greater than yourself in the universe, then it's easier to, to go through these things because purpose is like a lighthouse. In the midnight of pain, there's this light that you can still set your sails to. Let's so take a nice deep breath, all of us. So please go ahead, Igor. So my purpose is to love, learn, and inspire. And I've asked myself, have I done enough as a teacher? Have I done enough to actually deal with what I've seen? And I've witnessed people who, who have expressed the feelings that are and, 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 and ideas that are contrary to, to what I think is, is humanity in all of us. And I was present, and I didn't say things. I didn't stand up and say, I disagree, because it was easier to stay quiet. And I realized that I've erred. I will not do that again. I need to essentially live my purpose to the fullest. And as I tell my students, and I'm going to be telling, reminding them, leadership is not about being a president. Leadership is not about uh, being a chair of something. Leadership is about doing the right thing, even if it is a hard thing to do. That's what true leadership is. And we all can be leaders. Oh, that's so inspiring, Igor. And I want to mention that I believe in uh, the power of emotional processing in this and understanding that, you know, if, if little Dr. Laurel Mellon is at five, she's going to be in a brain state where she cannot find purpose. She can just find confusion. She can just find uh, blame and shame. And so being able to accept that we are, have clarity of our purpose when we're in brain state one, and it goes downhill from there very quickly. So the point in every moment has purpose in it. 
And then as Igor is saying, there's a larger purpose to everyone's life, but the moment we attach to outcome, not the process of of processing our emotions and coming back to purpose, we run the risk of getting uh, into over control. And one of the beauties of purpose is you're not in order, under control over control. You're going with the flow of the deeper meanings of your life and of life itself. And you were saying, Igor. I couldn't agree more, Laurel. As a matter of fact, when we think about purposes, true purposes are really about process and not about goal. They are really about approach to something rather than outcome of the activity. Right. Yeah. And so what that means, if you use the brain-based approach, and it is called EBT, but it's universal, you can trust yourself that you don't have to judge yourself when you're at five and you say, purpose, forget that. I'm going to be, you know, as, as difficult or challenging or uh, oppositional as I want to be. You move to that state of connection and your brain will be there for you. It'll integrate the information and bring you to purpose. And, you know, Igor, we have people waiting to talk with us. Why don't we invite someone to come on and perhaps they can shed some light on this as well. How would that be for you? That would be wonderful, Laurel. Wonderful. Wonderful. I think that uh, Linda is on hold. She is from Wisconsin. And Linda was here last week. She was going to come back because she started to tell her story. But Linda, by all means, welcome uh, to Brain Power. And this is Dr. Igor Mitrovich and Dr. Dr. Laurel Mellon. And we're here to listen to you. Uh, Linda, are you there? Hi. Hi. I'm here. Hi. Have you been listening to this discussion about, about purpose, Linda? I have. Yeah. Maybe you could comment and, a little bit about it or well, that's it with you. I, well, I will. It really resonates with me. Um, I have found myself going into Brain State 5 this week. Um, this has affected me much more than, than the COVID thing has um, as far as my brain state. And I did some work on it and realized it was triggering my I don't matter wire. And um, Laurel, I've heard you say before, you know, we have, we have these wires and there's also some good bits come out of these wires. And because I have that I don't matter wire, I, I do have a lot of empathy and a lot of compassion for people. And I have been able to, you know, feel anger on behalf of other people and, and take action. Um, you know, not all the time. I've had fear hold me back from doing the right thing at times, too, in my life. But um, it, kind of the, the irony is that when I started to talk last week, um, for me, um, because I have this I don't matter wire, I don't exist wire, um, it's much easier for me to tune into other people's pain and to take care of other people and to get angry on behalf of other people. I have trouble... Um, feeling my own feelings and taking care of my own needs and um, setting boundaries, saying no. And so um, that's, affected, that's affected me. That does keep me from being my whole authentic self and from, um, you know, giving back to the world as fully as I would like to um, because I have that, I have that wire. So, so li- um, Linda, so let me just do a little consult on that wire. The, uh, the, the first thing we do in EBT is learn how to spiral up. You say, what's my number? You use the app, you spiral up. In that brief moment at one, you're of purpose. 
but then the wires drag us back down, right? Because the wires are, are stress-producing uh, wires, stress-activating wires. And then you learn how to rewire circuits. Now, it might be that the circuit that is, is most problematic to you right now would be your love circuit, which is your relationship circuit. And there's only two kinds of circuits that people can have in relationships, two major, major circuits. One is to merge with other people and lose ourselves. And the other is to distance. Now, everybody does one of those two things when we're in stress overload, when we're at four, three, four, or five. However, we can rewire that circuit so that it doesn't get activated as easily and as often. Now, Linda, the advantage to you in making it your plan on your on your to-do list in EBT to put the merge circuit, losing yourself in another person or another situation, at the top of your list. Don't worry about your I do not matter circuit. Do that later because these, these relational circuits are that challenging and that blocking of our joy and purpose. Instead, work on your merge circuit, which is is important because when you merge with another person, you unpluck plug from your own inherent strength, goodness, and wisdom, and you plug into a situation, a television, a, a another person's pain to the point that you can't be yourself and function as well as you can to actually do something to make the world better. So top of your list, I would say, is your merge circuit. How would that be for you? That sounds good to me. Great. Igor, would you like to comment on the merge circuit when we're in this situation? Because if we can clear that circuit, we can get back to purpose a lot faster than we just lose ourselves and just have to sit there and watch TV, eat, drink, spend, and zone out. Instead, go forward with purpose. What are your thoughts on that, Igor? Well, as, 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 as you and Linda were talking about, it is one of the, one of the things that goes and relates back to what I was saying at the beginning. Uh, relationships are incredibly important for human beings. We cannot live alone. So it is not surprising that if, if our uh, maladaptive circuits are related to some of those relationship points, they are going to be really hard and, and, and insidious. So we, if we uh, want to be in the right place with it, we, we really need to, to do the work to, to, to uh, if you will, change and modify those circuits to, to more, more homeostatic circuits. We depend on other human beings. So if we are used to, and I actually have had personal experience with, with merging, essentially feeling other people and depending on other people and uh, merging with other people. So I know exactly what Linda, Linda is going through. So... But on, on the other hand, if one, when one actually gets in the right place with that and, and one can sense the true connection, the true intimacy, uh, a, reward is, a reward is immense. Okay. It's not and surprising just... that it's hard, but, but there, is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Very nice. And I want to just mention the difference between merging, distancing, and being separate but close, finding that sweet spot of connection where we're not only loving and empathetic, but we are actually functional in being able to think clearly and give back. So the feeling, let me, I'd like to know the feeling in your body, Linda, when you're merging, most people feel like they've just lost themselves, that they're empty, and that they're just 
all of their thinking and feeling is on direct on the other person and they're really not grounded in their own body. What is your feeling like when you're emerged and you're overwhelmed by a situation and you've lost yourself in it? What does that feel like to you, Linda? Um, well, right now what's going on with me, um, with what's happening in the country is, um, I'm staying up late. I'm staying up really late at night on the internet. Um, you know, reading everything from, every city that's having, you know, protests, um, I'm, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting to eat. Um, and, and so that's extreme, but even on a, you know, on a level, um, even when I'm talking to someone and someone right. has a problem, um, right. I don't exist. I'm not there. I don't have any feelings. I'm totally focused on the other person and their feelings. Uh, people love to talk to me because I'm, you know, a great listener, um, because I will, I will empathize with them and help them feel their problems. But it is, is if I, I don't exist, I don't have any feelings. I don't have any needs. I'm there. I'm there to, to serve them. Well, that, what happens there is that you not only lose yourself, but you lose the best connection to them because they need to be listened to by someone who's connected, not disconnected. And so if you were to say your number, remember, it's such an easy system. What's my number? You sound like you would be at five. Is that correct? Not at four, where you can do some of that rewiring, but at a a full-blown stress response. Does that sound about Uh, right to you? The situation right now. Right. When, um, you, when you bring up that situation, right. are you running at four or are you running at five? Because they're different tools at four than I, five. I would say that I'm at, I'm at five. I'm at Great. five this past Okay. Week. So just mm-hmm. knowing that you're not in the stratosphere, you are not lost, you are at brain state five. And how, what proportion of people in America right now do you think are at brain state five where their thinking brain is not functioning well? The reflexive fight or flight circuits that are out of control are running the show. What what percentage of people do you think are running at five and don't have EBT? They don't know how to get out of it in a healthy way. What's your guess, Linda? Um, I would say most people. I would say 95%. 95%. So let's just do this for people who are listening. And let's use the full-blown damage control tool. You can get it on your app. You can get it at ebt.org by just signing up and getting all this instruction and and many sessions of workshops where we're actually helping people work through their stress. But let's do it right now. So if you will, Linda, are you willing just to do a really quick and easy damage control tool? Sure. Okay. I want you to sit up really tall in your chair. Take a nice, deep, nurturing breath. And be aware of the safe place inside. Know it's there even if you can't find it. Just see if you can feel your body and connect with it even a tiny bit and then tell me you're ready. Okay, I'm ready. Nice deep breath. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth or any way that feels good to you. If it feels good to you, it's going to be really good for calming your stress. Tell me when you're ready. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Put your shoulders back, your chest out, your chin slightly up. We're going to do this a little bit more quickly than usual. And even put your 
chin up and maybe stretch the corners of your mouth back toward your ears and appreciate this. The most important thing is do not judge. Say it, say those words, if you will, do not judge. Do not judge. And let's say I do not judge myself and do not judge others. Give that a go. Do not judge myself. Do not judge others. Minimize the harm. There will be harm during stress overload, but my job is to minimize it. Minimize harm. If you will. Minimize harm. And then connect with your body again with that sense of security and the goodness of the human spirit, even when it is not apparent. In fact, especially when it's not apparent. And say to yourself, no, it will pass. No, it will pass. And one more time, no, it will pass. No, it will pass. And even one more time with gentleness in your voice, no, it will pass. No, it will pass. Beautiful. And how is that for you? Uh, I actually have a smile on my face. I just feel much lighter, uh, more optimistic. Beautiful. So for the rest of the day, be gentle with yourself. Check your number and spiral up and understand that you're not alone. Do not judge. Minimize harm. No, it will pass. Thank you so much for being here, Linda. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And Dr. Dr. Igor Mitrovich, before we close, uh, we just have about a moment. And I wonder if you could uh, some parting uh, words of advice for our listeners about purpose, especially now. Purpose is my life raft, the thing that I go to when all hell breaks loose. (laughs) That is the perfect, that's perfect. That's where you go, yes? That's where I go, to love, learn, and inspire. To love, learn, and inspire. Thank you so much, Dr. Igor Mitrovich, for being our guest today, Scientific Director of EBT. Uh, This is Dr. Laurel Mellon. Uh, The last part of this program, we give a tip on the emotional brain for the week. And this week, I'd like you to keep that in mind, exactly what Igor said, that our purpose is our life raft. And we have purpose in every moment. Every time you connect to the deepest part of yourself and spiral up, you will feel a connection that's not of this world. It is biological. It is chemical. It is neural circuits, but that state of connection that's multi-layered where you know that, in fact, there are deeper meanings to everything that comes our way. And if we can just surrender to the emotions, process them through our brain back to that state of beautiful connection, you can find yours, and that makes all the difference in the world. So thank you again. Dr. Mitrovich, and thank you all for listening. This is Dr. Laurel Mellon, host of Brain Power. It's my pleasure. Real people, real solutions on Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, connect with yourself. Find that life raft inside, that sense of purpose. 
which in EBT is sanctuary, authenticity, vibrancy, integrity, intimacy, spirituality, and freedom. Thank you again for listening. Until next time. Thank you again for listening to Brain Power this week. Please join your host, Dr. Laurel Mellon, again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And don't forget to catch our weekly replays on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.